the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The El Conservador Radio Show is sponsored by Border Hawk News on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Time for the El Conservador Radio Show with George Rodriguez. George is a constitutional conservative who loves to expose fake news and liberals. Be a part of the show. Call 210-308-8867. And now, El Conservador. George Rodriguez. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to our show. George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from deep in the heart of South Texas and San Antonio. Welcome to the show. We've got a packed show as usual for you, my folks, my friends. <laughs> Can't speak today. Anyway, um, we've got, uh, let me tell you who, we, who our uh, guests are, and then we're going to jump right into the, uh, into the interviews. First of all, we've got Mr. Jose Salazar, who is, the, who is a uh, precinct chairman in uh in webb county in laredo and he's going to talk to us about um this very very tight election which as of today june 4th still has not been called fully the uh the uh recount continues in laredo uh in the democrat uh contested race between jessica cisneros the socialist and uh henry cuellar the moderate democrat we shall uh hear from Jose Salazar as to what uh, his observations are and what um, he thinks the uh, Republicans, uh, uh, what, what they might be doing in the, uh, in the election. We also have Mr. Preston Hennekins from FAIR in Washington, D.C. He's going to be chatting with us about uh, the continuing border crisis and uh, the policy statements and policy changes that the um, Biden administration continues to do, which are making things worse. We also have Jason Jones from Newsweek, reported from Newsweek, as well as a crime, a criminal uh, expert, border crime expert. He's going to be chatting with us and telling us about what's going on with the cartels on the other side of the border uh, and their impact on this side of the border. And then our final guest is Mr. Todd Benzman uh, with the Center for Immigration Studies. And uh, he's going to be giving us an earful, my friends, of what is happening at the border, my friends. First-hand account. So without further ado, let's go to our first guest, Mr. Jose Salazar. Welcome to the show, my friends. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. And uh, we've got our good friend, uh, Mr. Jose Salazar, from Webb County. Jose is a uh, precinct chair uh, down there in, in Webb County, which is uh, Laredo, Texas. And I wanted to get him on because there has been a very hot, contested Democrat uh, primary in Webb County between Henry Cuellar, the incumbent uh, congressman, and a leftist, socialist Democrat, I guess you might call her, Jessica Cisneros, who was supported by Bernie Sanders and uh, Ocasio-Cortez and the squad and a few others. And uh, this uh, election has gone down to the wire. There is no declared winner yet, in fact. And uh, Jose, welcome to the show, my friends. Tell us about this uh, this hot con uh, hot election. Oh well, thank you for having me, George. Uh, it certainly is is a hot uh, election and a, and a hot topic of conversation in Laredo. Uh, we have Henry Cuellar, the incumbent, who is supported by Nancy Pelosi versus Jessica Cisneros, who is a socialist, a democratic socialist, as she calls herself. And uh, Henry Cuellar is 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 a, a left of center candidate. He's one of the last blue dogs, I guess you could call it. He's a he's an anti uh, illegal immigration, but he's also a no border wall guy, uh, um, and he does bring a lot of money into Laredo and those are the some of the positives that we see and they ended up virtually in a in a tie only separated by about a hundred votes uh, as, as far as as, as as the latest news that I know it's there they're separated by about a hundred so it, it, this is going to go into a recount it, it's it's within that margin of 10 percent uh, so I, I I know that it has divided the the Democrat Party 
here in Webb, uh, with those who want to go more further to the left, as, as, as we have seen that everybody has been on the Democratic Party has been pulled to the left, so has, in, in a way, Henry Cuellar. The, our, our our reliable blue dog Democrat has kind of been pulled also to somewhat to the left also. So it's it, it's we're right now we're on pins and needles waiting to find out who's going to come out the victor. Now let me ask you this because it, I mean it is such a hotly contested uh, race. Uh, the ads that ran here in San Antonio by um, <clears throat> that were run by uh, the Cisneros camp, um, they were really kind of uh, brutal against Cuellar. If Cuellar wins, will the Cisneros folks support him? Or if Cisneros wins, will the will the Cuellar folks support him? That, that's a great question. Uh, we're not sure right now. We're not sure what's going to happen. Will the will, if 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 the Cisneros if Cisneros loses, will the Cisneros younger, more left leaning people find it palatable to support Henry Cuellar? I'm sure some of them will. Because there is no other Democrat choice, but I don't. I I have a feeling that some will stay home. Uh, as far as the the queer people, I don't see most of the queer people supporting Jessica. Though, if, if Jessica is the winner, I don't see them coming out to support her. Uh, it, it's just a sense that I get. And also another thing, George, that maybe a lot of people overlook or or don't really know is that a lot of those votes for Henry Queer are from. Webb County Republicans who don't vote Democrat, who don't, I'm sorry, who don't vote Republican, but vote in the Democrat primary. So that that's also something that is in play that, that a lot of people don't realize, that, that there's a lot of Republicans voting in the Democrat primary here in Webb. Wow. Now, on the, uh, on the uh, Republican side, there was a definite winner, and that's Cassie Garcia, who is a newcomer to politics. I mean, she worked uh, for Ted Cruz, she has uh, worked as a, she's worked in Washington, but uh, she's a relatively newcomer. Uh, what do you see as her chances? Well, I think she's, she, I think both of our candidates were strong. Uh, of, of course, you know, you, we know that Cassie is, is, is a newcomer uh, as far as a candidate. Uh, I, I think that both were, were you know, were uh, had their strengths. I think Cassie knows a little bit more about what happens in Washington, uh, where Sandra was was a, a, a very vocal uh, candidate. Uh, so both had their, their strengths, and I think they both have a good chance of beating Cuellar. Uh, uh, of course, I think that the better chance would have been to face off against somebody that you can draw a stark contrast to, and that would have been Jessica Cisneros. Wow. Uh, you know, casting casting somebody as a socialist, seeing what's what's happening right now, like in, in contrasting with what's, what's going on in Venezuela and what's been going on recently here in, in 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 our own nation, I think that it would have been a very stark contrast between one of our candidates and Jessica Cisneros. And I think that Cuellar, putting Cuellar as if Cuellar is emerges as the winner, I think he's a tougher to beat. He's well seasoned. He's very well polished. Uh, he belongs in, in, in to the appropriations committee. Uh, uh, so he's a, a, he would be a tougher cookie to, to, to beat. Now, uh, given given the border crisis, given the inflation, how are things looking uh, in in uh, in Laredo right now? I mean, what what's it like right now? Are people disgusted? Are people angry? Uh, no, people- People are, are 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 upset mostly about it. Even I think that Hispanics and, and you can see this in polls that Hispanics don't favor illegal immigration. We were told for decades that that the main thing that Hispanics wanted wanted was open borders, and it's turned out not to be true. I, I had a feeling it wasn't true, but now as polls are coming out and they're asking people, "Is this what you want? Your your borders wide open and people just marching in, and they they don't want it has so it has nothing to do with race." This has nothing to do with race. It has to do with respecting our laws, respecting our borders, respecting the fact that we're a sovereign country. And and, and I think that that's something that's going to work against him. Uh, uh, so that's one of the issues. What was the other issue that you asked about, George? Uh, the the uh, gas prices, the ga- the inflation. The, oh, the, definitely. Yeah, definitely. That's another thing. I mean, we it hits our pocketbook. So that's very clear to see. If there's a time that Democrats will... Venture over and vote for a, a, a Republican.
Republican candidate, it is because of what is happening within with with the pocketbook. If it hits your pocketbook, gas was one eighty something when Trump was president, and then it went up to four something. Then it came down when 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 Biden released the the oil reserves, strategic oil reserves that we have. So we were actually paying for oil for gas that we'd already paid for as taxpayers. So we're paying double for it, and uh, as soon as that gets used up. We see we just saw the prices go back up to four eighteen a gallon. So that's definitely hit us. Inflation and the scarcity. You cannot escape the scarcity. I don't know what San Antonio looks like right now, but in in in, in our shelves, you see scarcity. You don't see the, the the shelves full like you did before, especially with baby formula, and that caused a big panic. But you know what else, George? Is other than immigration and inflation, which we can clearly see, and these are definitely winning issues for Republicans. There's also the culture war really that we have we have uh, definitely as republicans not engaged in we have been too scared to engage in in issues like abortion uh crt uh, that a man can be a woman and a woman can be a man i think we recently heard at a congressional hearing that a man can get pregnant and have an abortion those are issues that we can win those are issues that people are not comfortable with teaching that are that are country is inherently racist that our that our white children are inherently racist and and that are but the worst part is this that brown children are inherently victims we can never as hispanics we are never going to succeed achieve what what we want to achieve if we are always going to be victims Wow. And that's a winning. That's all. The culture issue is also a, a winning issue for Republicans. Oh man, I, I hope people listen to this. I hope our friend, our our listeners in in DC and New York are listening to to, <laughs> you, to what you're saying. This is fa- this is really really interesting. This is very very. Jose, <clears throat> thank. Uh, if, if I can mention one other thing, George, please, please. There 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 has been there has been. I've been noticing a groundswell here in 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 the radio of parents now going to board meetings and asking about CRT, asking about what type of uh, of sex ed is 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 offered in in the classroom and questioning uh, uh what what subject matter is being taught. I've been seeing more of of a uh, of like a groundswell that's becoming more active here in Laredo of parents becoming more interested and uh, of perhaps conservatives now getting ready to run for the for school board positions so uh, that's you know uh, that's something that I, I hope that that Republicans pay attention to that that is a winning issue it is an issue that we are on the right side of and, and 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 it's something that we need to we need to also add as one of, one of the the feathers in our cap that we can win along with economy and along with illegal immigration. Excellent, buddy. Oh, fantastic, folks. We've been speaking with our good friend uh, Mr. Jose Salazar, uh, precinct uh, chairman, down in uh, Laredo on the border in Webb County. Jose, thank you very very much for joining us today. Anything else you'd like to tell the folks before we let you go? Uh, just that, uh, uh, you know, keep supporting your 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 local Republican Party. Uh, all politics is local, so you know, run for those local races. That's that's where we need people and volunteer. As as uh, Republicans, I know I can speak for Webb County. We are behind on the participation part on our end. Democrats are far ahead of, of, of us. We are just starting to get our own political machine off the ground, and and it, it's difficult, but. We as Republicans need to know that we can no longer be a silent majority. We can no longer just stick a sign outside our, our, our on our on our yard and, and send a twenty dollar donation and wait for election day. We need to become active. We need to be poll watchers. We need to be uh, block walkers. We need to be poll workers and keep eyes on on the process. You got it, buddy. Thank you very very much, folks. Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador. Talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. Hi folks, this is George Rodriguez, El Conservador. Looking for information on immigration, borders, refugee resettlement, asylum claims, nationalism, and globalism? Go to borderhawk.news. Borderhawk.news has up-to-date information on these topics and their impact locally, nationally, and internationally. Borderhawk.news has the news that's not covered by the other media or websites. Stay informed on one of the most important issues in this country, immigration. Go to borderhawk.news.
Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM radio here in San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. And we've got our good friend, Mr. Preston Hennigan from uh, FAIR, the Federation for American Immigration Reform in Washington, D.C. And FAIR, since they are the, uh, I guess they are the uh, advocates for immigration uh security and and border security, uh, I wanted to reach out to him and ask him uh, about this situation that we just heard about, that about 4,000, 4,000 illegal aliens entered just during the, uh, just during the uh, weekend that we just had, the uh, Memorial Day weekend. Preston, what are we going to do? What, uh, give us an update of what you guys are seeing and doing there in D.C. about this, this situation. Yeah, of course. And, you know, first, again, thank you for having me on. It's always a pleasure to come on your show and, and talk about what's going on. Um, you know, this is really remarkable, what we saw over the weekend, where, you know, there are more than 4,000 uh, illegal aliens who crossed the border. And uh, even worse, this was only through through one sector of the border down at the Rio Grande Valley, which continues to be uh, really the epicenter of the migrant crisis in the United States. Uh, and and this comes, you know, after we saw record breaking apprehension numbers in April, where over two hundred thirty four thousand uh, illegal aliens were apprehended by Border Patrol. That is a a record for the United States going back um, for as long as. As that number has been tallied, that dwarfs a previous record that was set in the early 2000s. And I think that both of these numbers, both what we saw in April and then just the the 4,000 migrants that were apprehended in one one sector, one part of the border over the long you know the long weekend, it just reflects the you know the chaos that is that has gripped our border. Um, it reflects that. The Biden administration does not have the situation under control whatsoever. Um, and this is even in light of some of the news that we've seen with um, Title 42 remaining in place and uh, particularly. And so, you know, what this shows is that even with that, you know, small victory, the, the, the border is still really entirely out of control. And the Biden administration is doing nothing uh, in the way of, of improving it or making recommendations to change what we're seeing. Let me ask you this, because this has, um, uh, I had, uh, we had discussed this over a year ago, but uh, give me an update. Is it true that ICE in the interior of the United States, we know that the Border Patrol handles the border, but ICE handles uh, enforcement of deportations within the, 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 uh, the United States, what are the deportations like, or are they happening? Well, for, uh, they're few and far between uh, because of enforcement guidance that was released early on in the Biden administration's tenure. Um, that enforcement guidance uh, pretty much declared that ICE is unable to detain uh, and put into removal proceedings really the majority of illegal aliens who are living in the United States, the, the guidance that was set out essentially handicapped ICE to where they can only detain and arrest illegal aliens who have co- committed aggravated felonies. Um, and so that that really windows down that number of, of 15 and a half million illegal aliens who are otherwise uh, you know, qualified to, to be put into removal proceedings, it, it really reduces it. And, and we've seen that through uh, the removal numbers that have come out that, that ICE has published. Um, and only a few months ago, they came out with a new removal report that showed that ICE was essentially, they were they, they, their function as an immigration enforcement agency has been abolished um, because they're remo- removing so few people. And so that's the that's the the joint concern that we have with what we're seeing at the border is yes, there's you know there's you know hundreds of thousands of people who are coming in to the United States every year, uh, and once they're in, they're really standing in their way from settling from settling in the United States because ICE does not have the resources and the tools uh, to, to remove and deport them uh, because of this enforcement guidance that was put in place by some of uh, President Biden's political appointees 
who are now in control of that agency. So let's let, let's let's paint the picture for the American public because here in San Antonio and in Los Angeles and in Austin and in New York and a few other places, you have district attorneys who uh, will not prosecute, who will let out in bail. So an illegal alien commits a crime. They are arrested, maybe, if, uh, if charges are pressed. They are arrested. They are taken into custody. Uh, ICE probably will not be informed because many of these uh, uh, agencies or maybe of these, many of these local governments do not have uh, uh, agreements with ICE anymore. So they are not uh, advised about uh, an illegal alien, plus the fact that many of them don't even ask about the, stud- the uh, status of the individual. So the individual is arrested, bailed out, or the bail is, uh, is forgiven, and the individual goes back out and then disappears again, only to commit another crime. Is this what we're looking at? Uh, that's exactly what we're looking at. And I think um, that's, an, that's a, a great comparison is, is to show some of these, uh, you know, some of these district attorneys who, who have been brought um, um, to power where they're not, they're not really aggressively going after criminals um, because that's essentially what this enforcement guidance has done for ICE, where it is preventing them from enforcing laws that are already on the books and have it on the books for, uh, for many years. Um, and so I think that's a great it's a great comparison. And, and yes, that's exactly what's happening is um, if they're if they're arrested at the local state level, uh, many times ICE is not informed that otherwise ICE would be able to come uh, and and detain them and, and place them into removal proceedings. And so if, if they're not informed or if they're not able to enter the, the local jails whatsoever because of you know, prosecutors or sheriffs who, who don't agree with ICE's mission, uh, then, they're, then they're very ineffective in that way. And so what you're seeing is absolutely what you described. You know, these illegal aliens who commit crimes at the local level, uh, they're arrested, uh, you know, they go through, through you know, regular court proceedings, and uh, they're either bailed out or uh, if it's, if, you know, it's a short jail sentence, they're, they're just released and they, they, pretty much go on their way depending on where they are it's it's a very disturbing uh set of circumstances that has led to what we're seeing now where there are illegal aliens we know who have committed crimes multiple times over um and until really ice is able to do its job uh as written in law um which was the case under the trump administration when they really were allowed to they were given wide deference to pursue any and all immigration offenses um, you know, it's just what we're seeing now, where where ICE is a is effectively defanged and they've effectively been abolished by by policies that have been put in place by the Biden administration. Incredible, you know. And we were just, uh, folks, we were just uh, talking. I was just telling Preston before we we came on the air uh, of a situation that I was made aware of today, uh, where in East Texas, two Cubans that came in uh, illegally through Mexico. Uh, have been arrested and charged with 126 crimes. 126. But other than that, Preston, they seem to be pretty good citizens, I guess. They must be because I don't know why they why they haven't you know already begun the process of of removal if they haven't already. I mean that's just an, an astonishing um, discovery, and, and this shows you know this is not a. Uh, you know, a cherry-picked example. There, there, we we see this constantly, uh, and and particularly now when the numbers are so large at the border, uh, it, it, it rushes the process because border patrol agents have to process all of these people um, and, and move them along in the process according to our laws, and so. You know, the, the, there are people who who are really kind of falling through the cracks because they're not really undergoing the kind of rigorous background check that that is normally required or normally expected. And so, I, I fear that we're going to see more of the example that you brought up um, um, with this couple from Cuba because the numbers just bear it out that we're we're seeing people, um, you know, more and more who are coming who have multiple. Um, 
you've committed multiple crimes either either in the United States or or in their home country. Um, you might remember um, earlier in the year the um, there was a British national who took a, a synagogue in, te- in Texas hostage and took a number of hostages, and that that individual had multiple. Uh, arrests in in Britain where he was from originally, and so you you know it begs the question: What on earth was this person doing in the United States? How did they enter the United States, even though uh, they had uh, criminal convictions in their home country? Exactly, exactly. I mean, we should be screening people rather than just letting them in helter skelter. But you know, uh, it's a humanitarian thing, according to the Democrats and to and to the. Uh, uh, Biden administration, but but he tell the folks how they can support uh, Fair and where they can uh, uh, find you guys to uh, get more information about uh, what's going on. Absolutely, I encourage everyone to visit our website, which is fairus.org. Again, that's fairus, as in United States dot org. Uh, and then I encourage everyone to to find us on social media. We're available on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, if you just search for the Federation for American Immigration Reform, uh, you'll be able to get all the latest updates from us. Um, plus, our our analysis on what's happening uh, both here in Capitol Hill and in uh, the local and state governments. You got it. Once again, my friends, we've been speaking with our good friend, uh, Mr. Preston Hennekins, who is the uh, who is the government relations uh, director at FAIR in Washington, D.C. Preston, thank you very much for taking time to be with us. Absolutely. Thank you again for having me on, George. Thank you. Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from South Texas in San Antonio. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. And we've got our good friend, Mr. Jason Jones from Newsmax, uh, former uh, Department of Public Safety, Texas Department of Public Safety uh, official. And um, he's now on the border doing uh, reporting for uh, for Newsmax. And I wanted to, uh, given everything that's been going on the past week, uh, with the tragedy in Uvalde, um, not too much is being said about what's going on uh, at the border. So I wanted him to give us an update about that, as well as uh, Jason. You know, any any insights you you might give us very briefly, because we both know that it's become a media circus uh, in Uvalde. Um, but uh, you know, any any uh, real brief uh, insights you could give us? Well, George, as always, it's great to be with you, buddy. Thanks for having me and. You know, my thoughts and prayers go out to the families in Uvalde. You know, I went up there and covered that for a day, and then I was already on the border, drove up there to handle that, and then went back. But, you know, at this point, officials on Friday with the state police who conducted the independent investigation have revealed to us that, uh, you know, this individual at 11.33 a.m., the gunman was able to make entry into the school as a direct result of a teacher who had left a door propped open. You know, what are the chances of that, right? Um and two minutes that the individual was inside that school, he was able to fire over 100 rounds. Let me say that again. In two minutes, wow. fire over 100 rounds. And we also know that at 11.35 a.m., the first three officers did enter the school. Now, you know, there was a big – the media for two straight days said that law enforcement never went in for 40 minutes. We now know that that's false, that, in fact, the first three officers were seen on video – not only entering the school, they were followed one second later by four other officers, a total of seven, who went in and engaged the suspect. But two officers were shot, and all of this within a two-minute period. So it shows you how active and how horrific uh, this thing is. Now, what's pending and what's unknown is why did the incident commander make a decision not to go in? That we just don't know yet, and we're waiting to find out, because that's going to be very critical moving forward. Uh, but unfortunately now, you know, everything else coming out is just conjecture and, you know, the media has just run yeah, with this I, in so many directions. They don't seem to be mentioning or they sim- seem to be forgetting that the two officers were shot at the very, very beginning of the incident, which, uh, in my opinion, would have caused uh, the commanders to, you know, pull back or to hold off uh, initially. But then what do I know? But, you know, again, it's pure conjecture. 
Well, there could be a lot of things that could have been evacuating. They could have been helping other children. You know, there are not enough of them. I mean, there's a lot of things that could have happened that we just don't know. Um, but obviously, there is clearly fault that's been identified by the Ranger investigation, and that was mentioned on Friday. But the question we don't understand is the why, right? Why was that decision made? And look, this week's going to be very important to finding some of those, some of that, that information. But we got to remember too. George, this crime scene was tremendous. You have over a thousand rounds located Amazing. at three different locations. I mean, at the crash site where he crashed the vehicle inside the school and uh, at his home where he shot his grandmother initially. Yeah. So, you know, just a horrific case for the state and for so many families that are just, you know, destroyed for no reason. It really is. All right, let's switch gears, buddy. And, um, Let's talk about something that nobody's talking about right now, and that's the border. Um, last we heard, last we heard, people were massing, ready to cross, uh, waiting for Title Forty Two to be lifted. Where are we now? Uh, so that is the question. Where are all the people who are supposedly ready to surge across the border as Title Forty Two ended? Well, here's what we know. As you've heard me say for how many months that it had already began. If you remember, you and I were just talking about this a week ago, and I said uh, on your show many times, including last week, that, George, the the surge had already begun because we could see it in the data. Perception drives migration. And let me give you an example. In March, we saw the numbers jump to 221,000 apprehensions, according to U.S. Customs and Border Protection at the southwest border. In the month of April, 234,000. Those are record-setting numbers. So, you know, everybody expected a big launch of people to start crossing the border. And what I, you know, you hear me say all the time that what politicians from both the left and the right do not understand is these cartels. They would never allow a massive surge in our border unless those people had already paid the peso or the tax because they're going to make their money off these people because to them, they are nothing more than a commodity. So the only way they could surge in mass numbers would be to go to a very remote spot where no one was around or cross where the cartels are and pay the piece up front. You see what I'm getting at? And right. you're never going to see it like that. The best, the closest you could have seen it is what you saw in uh, Del Rio last year. That was probably the largest type of surge because at that time, Cartel Bamadeste, who controls that space, always, always looked at Del Rio as much more of a resupply area for their money and for their guns and their ammunition. Now, they did move drugs through there, and they did move bodies, but not near in the mass. And now they've got a new leader, and he is taking over more and more space to the West because what they didn't realize is Cartel Bamadeste is that they have lost a lot of money where other cartels like the Gulf Cartel and the Sinaloans out in El Paso are making a lot more money than they have been on the movement of people. Now, you know, another thing that seems, and correct me if I'm wrong, that seems to be happening, is that we have gotten so used to huge numbers of people crossing that, uh, you know, we were expecting even larger numbers, but when the large numbers didn't appear, you know, like the Haitians under the bridge, um, we're kind of tolerating these huge numbers that are still crossing. Well, and it's also very secretive in how the government is moving these people. You know, they, they immediately process them, turn them over. So let me, before I go into that, let me just kind of say where we are because I think it's a very important point. What has happened in the last, really, six months is a massive shift of people coming from Cuba, Nicaragua, and Venezuela. Those three countries are the big push right now. In the last seven months, according to CBP data, they have apprehended 200 and 97,000 Cubans, Nicaraguans, and Venezuelans. To put that in perspective, last year in the worst border crisis in American history, in those same three categories, we were at 137,000. And in 2020, under President Trump, the last year of his administration, of those three, only 18,000. And don't take my word for it. Anybody can go to the website and pull the data. So where I'm going for this The question you have to ask is, why are those countries now being so prominent across the southwest border? Well, it's very easy. You hear me say all the time that your government decides the perception that goes around to the world and based on policies, what is the push-pull factors? And what I can tell you right now is when you tell Cubans, um, when you tell Nicaraguans and Venezuelans that if they come to the United States, not only can they stay, but they'll also receive cell phones, they are going to come. 
And that's exactly why you see what you see. Those are the three countries that are being issued to cell phones and processing centers right now. Incredible. So we are literally incentivizing these countries to send their, their illegal aliens. That is exactly right. And that's exactly why they're doing what they're doing. And, you know, you hear this term from the administration, a term that if you really think back, you've never heard previously, irregular migration. How many times have we heard that from this administration? What we're, we're really dealing with right now is irregular migration. Notice you never heard that term before the last two years. Well, why? Because it doesn't exist. Your government determines the migration levels that we receive. If you're very stringent, and you enforce the laws, you see very low numbers. When you are not, and you create the perception that if you come, you'll be able to stay, they come. And that is what has happened. And I, I will tell you, as someone that is down on that border every other week, I was down there all last week, I'm leaving for Del Rio today. What I can tell you is that when I'm talking to these Cubans, these Nicaraguans, and these Venezuelans, and I ask them, why are you coming? They're like, everyone on social media from the alien smuggling organizations, the Mexican cartels, and the long-haul smugglers are all saying to them, if you want to come, now is your time. And so they're coming. Oh, that's, uh, you know, that, that is so, so disturbing for us. One last question before we let you go. This situation with um, COVID, uh, with uh, the uh, Title 42, uh, is that a foregone conclusion? I mean, have they really lifted it and it's all over? So the way to look at Title 42, and look, I've been saying this for a while, too, is that you are never going to find a solution from a court in this country. And I want to be, here's what I mean by that. Think of the migration protection protocols. We just went through this in October where the remain in Mexico, also known as MPP program um, that I'm talking about here was ruled, was, was ended by the Biden administration. Yet a federal judge said, no, you must keep it going. So they said, okay. So they did. And what did they do? They very, uh, they limited the program. They kept it limited it only pushed back certain individuals into mexico to remain in mexico so the same thing is happening here now now you got it yeah that's right now you got a judge that says you know you're going to keep title 42 in place title 42 has been responsible just so everyone knows for the rapid deportation of over 1.9 million people since president trump in 2020 implemented it and put it in place now the biden administration has removed it A federal court out of Louisiana has said you will keep it in place. They say, uh, okay, we will acknowledge and follow the court's ruling. Only now they're not going to deport near as many people. That's what's going to happen. And we've got a a pattern now of that already. And we're already seeing it play out on the border. So, you know, this is how the game is played. And look, in fairness, politics on both sides. Republicans told the American people that without Title 42, everyone was going to be coming to this country well they that was all politics as well because they were already coming they were already coming (laughs) i just i just gave you the data that proves it so you know the the frustrating part for me as somebody that tries to get the truth out about what's happening at the border it's it's just it's a challenge you know it's a real challenge tell uh we got to let you go but tell the folks where they can follow you and where they can uh, uh read your uh your commentaries Absolutely. You can find us on Newsmax. We are reporting every single day about what's happening at that border and how it really impacts the American people. And you can also find us at tripwiresandtriggers.com. You got it, buddy. Once again, my friends, we've been speaking with our good friend uh, Jason Jones from Newsmax and uh, criminal uh, border crime uh, expert. Jason, stay safe and thank you very much. Always good to be with you, George. Take care. Hi, folks. This is George Rodriguez, El Conservador. Looking for information on immigration, borders, refugee resettlement, asylum claims, nationalism, and globalism? Go to BorderHawk.News. BorderHawk.News has up-to-date information on these topics and their impact locally, nationally, and internationally. BorderHawk.News has the news that's not covered by the other media or websites. Stay informed on one of the most important issues in this country, immigration. Go to BorderHawk. Dot news. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. And we've got uh, our good friend, Mr. Todd Benzman from the Center for Immigration Studies. And Todd just wrote uh, another 
a very good article uh, about the conveyor belt that continues uh, at the border. And uh, while we have uh, been very, very busy watching the economy, watching the price of gasoline go wild, as well as the tragedy in Uvalde, um, the conveyor belt continues. Todd, talk to us. Tell us about this. Well, I'm just back from the Del Rio sector, uh, Border Patrol sector, and uh, I spent time on the Piedras Negras side of Eagle Pass and an Eagle Pass. And I wanted to see how things were going since a federal judge in Louisiana maintained the Title 42 pushback expulsion policy that Biden was about to lift, uh, retire and scuttle, which uh, would have brought in as many as 18,000 immigrants a day. And uh, that that is still in place because of this uh judge's ruling, so I wanted to see what was happening. And what I found was that the Biden administration has punched so many exemptions into the soup bowl that it's not holding any soup. So um, what I found was a roaring conveyor belt uh, process, an assembly line that was just moving thousands and thousands of fresh border crossers right from the river throughout interior America. And what's a little bit different is that, you know, once upon a time, Title 42 is still being used to push back mostly single adults, letting a lot of families in. But the single adults were, for the most part, being pushed back. But that is no longer the case. They are now allowing right through the turnstile with free passage, single male adults from all over the world primarily from Nicaragua, uh, also Africa, from Venezuela, Colombia, and a huge number now coming in from Peru. And they are filling Greyhound buses all day long, seven days a week with these people in just the Del Rio sector, and also flying them by American Airlines from the Del Rio International Airport starting today, tripling their capacity. There's so many coming. American Airlines is having to bring jumbo jets, 737s, to this little tiny airport just to be able to handle uh, the numbers, the escalating numbers that are coming through because, you know, why wouldn't they? Uh, They're being allowed in now. It's almost as though Title 42 was lifted, and we're seeing... Uh, huge numbers coming through Del Rio, which is just kind of a microcosm of what's happening all along that border, despite the judge's ruling. Now, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, you know, even even when we had Title 42 being enforced, uh, or, or, or since we do have it, rather, enforced, the alien, the illegal alien, has the right to decline to be checked, Correct. Or are they checking everybody? When you say, I'm not sure what you mean by checking. Well, I mean, uh, weren't, uh, aren't uh, illegal aliens asked if they can be taken, their temperature can be taken, or if they're showing symptoms? Oh, COVID. COVID. Yeah, for COVID. Right. Well, the government is not doing COVID testing. There are too many coming through. So. But, however, however, um, this, the nonprofit that is in the, at the center of arranging the transportation uh, in Del Rio has a facility uh, where they do take their, they do do tests uh, before they issue bus tickets. So there is some testing going on by the nonprofit, not by the government. Uh, the government at one point was contracting that workout into inside the Border Patrol processing stations. But uh, apparently, I'm not sure what the story is with that, but it, that, that's not happening anymore. Uh, so, you know, they are being tested at least here, but I wouldn't be surprised if in other parts of the border they were not getting tested. It takes a certain amount. You have to have a certain amount of organization and capacity to be able to test that many people. I mean, George, I sat there and watched for hours as Border Patrol buses pulled up filled with migrants that they had just given papers to 
They drop them off at this Del Rio nonprofit right next to the Greyhound buses that are loading up with others. I mean, it's literally a, it's a, it's a, it's a conveyor belt. That's the only way to, to put this. And it just goes on seven days a week, thousands and thousands. This one, this one sector uh, is on pace to move 40,000 immigrants into the United States uh, just this year alone is be the biggest record they put. They they helped twenty two thousand. And who is the nonprofit? Who is the nonprofit? It's called the Valverde uh, Humanitarian Border Coalition. Wow. Uh, and they they are uh, you know there's a different nonprofit in all of these a couple of different profit, nonprofits in all of these border towns that are working in close coordination with the federal government. I don't believe that they're getting paid, uh, but they do, they, they no doubt use their activity to generate donations. But I think all of these border communities, you know, there's Catholic charities in some of the bigger areas. Um, they, they are working all in close coordination. There were Texas National Guard unarmed uh, at this uh, site a couple days ago when I was there who were you know, doing crowd control and uh, aiding and assisting the migrants as they board the bus, board the buses. Greyhound is providing their buses for this effort, and American Airlines is providing their jets and planes for this. Wow. Incredible. I, it, it is very disturbing. It is absolutely, I mean, that's the only word that I can come up with, that it's disturbing because to hear this, this invasion. Now, when you talk about, you, you use the word immigrants. These people are not invited. Uh, they're not refugees. Uh, I mean, isn't illegal... They're, they're, illegal, Ill- they're illegal aliens yes. up until the point that the federal government anoints them with some kind of legal status, temporary status, right. in which case they can't be, they can't be deported or detained or, or deported right away. Because so so at that point you know you would just call them uh, you know immigrants who illegally crossed the border right and the papers that they're giving I had them open up their packets and let me examine the papers that they're being given these these there is no legal authority that I know of that 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 provides for the government to to give these papers they're literally printing out making up forms printing out a new ad hoc scheme to just let everybody in they are they have created a loophole they have created a loophole that didn't exist obviously right they're just they're essentially just letting everybody in and and they have a year to report to some immigration office sure (laughs) on the honor system i mean i it's it's unbelievable you can't make this up it's it's like a science fiction movie they're just making it up as they go. But the bottom line is everybody who is from an extracontinental country, from a South American country, from all over the world, anywhere in the world, who can get to our border gets this free pass in. And the consequence of that is that they are surging through. The word is out that this is happening, and that is why uh, the... Uh, nonprofit there is having to rapidly expand its operations and why American Airlines has to triple the number of seats and why Greyhound is in there and all these other charter buses uh, and it's that it's seven days a week including Saturdays and Sundays that's how that's how crazy it is how are we ever going to put this genie back in the bottle well, it's going to take probably a Republican president uh, who will restore deterrence policies that make asylum uh, inaccessible to people who are ineligible for it. They're basically economic migrants. Uh, the asylum system is the thing that they are coming for. They're coming for that because... They can use it to get past Border Patrol and then just blow it off. And that's that's its only purpose to them. Yeah. And so they have to... Everyone's claiming asylum, and that's the end of it. 
That's the end of it. Or they don't, they're not even claiming asylum at this point. Nobody's even bothering with that. They're just saying, you can come in. We don't care if you're claiming asylum. They're not even claiming asylum. Wow. They're just letting them in on just, hey, you're showing up, you get in. There's no basis whatsoever. Wow. But he, and by the way, <laughs> yeah. the, the, the law, the Immigration and National, uh, the INA, yeah. law requires, it does, there's no ifs, ands, and buts about it. It's very clear that the federal government shall detain and deport. Nobody gets out. You have to detain them. So what they're doing down there is in direct violation of, the of law. all it's federal illegal. law. It is completely illegal. we got to let you go, so tell folks uh, where they can follow you and tell them about your book. Sure. Well, first, the story that I uh, am talking about is at CIS.org, Center for Immigration Studies, CIS.org. And my book is America's Covert Border War about the threat of jihadist infiltration. Follow me on Getter, T. Bensman at Getter, G-E-T-T-R, and also Bensman Todd at Twitter. You got it, buddy. Thank you very much. We've been speaking with our good friend, Mr. Todd Bensman, from the Center for Immigration Studies. Todd, thank you very, very much for keeping us updated and, and informed. Sure thing. Thanks for having me. My friends, once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, thank you for joining us today. Please, 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 let me in, encourage you to support us. We need the support of conservatives, grassroots conservatives, because, my friends, we are the ones that analyze, we are the ones that interpret, we are the ones that give you the information you need, which the mainstream media does not give you. If I'll put it very succinctly, very straightforward, my friends. If the truth makes you free, then fake news is going to enslave you. And it's very, very important that you uh, support us as far as the as an alternative source of information and news, as a source of interpreting to you what the other side is telling you, my friends. It is highly important. So please, I ask you to support us. Uh, contact our, our uh, station, KLUP, if you are interested in inviting me to come speak, uh, or if you are interested in being a sponsor and being a supporter, please contact me through uh, social media. We need your help. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. Thank you for being with us. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.